Welcome to Mind Body Boss. This is the podcast for people who know that our minds and bodies are connected. They affect one another, and the more we learn how they operate, the more we get to be the boss of our life experience. We're your hosts, Michelle Stevenette and April Judd. And we're on. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome. We're glad you're here. Yes. Our year of confidence. We are talking about confidence, and this month is all about body love. Body love and part of your body is food. eating food. So today we're going to talk about food. We're talking about food. Um, we want we want you and to have a more confident relationship with food. Um, this is an area that I struggled big time with uh, growing up, and I feel like I have made it to a place where I have a pretty good relationship with food. Yeah, I think it kind of takes at least like in our probably in both of our experiences, it takes a little bit of you know, gaining some knowledge, a little bit of trial, a little bit of error, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out exactly how to gain a good relationship with food so that you're confident in it. Yeah. And it definitely has more to do with what's going on inside your mind than how much information you gather because you can gather information ad nauseum. There's so much out there, right? And I think there are some, you know, scientific truths but not the way of going about it about it is the same for everyone. Definitely. Like that we all be, need oxygen. Yep. <laughs> and we all need nourishment. We all, we all need, need food. Water. And we all need water. <laughs> but how that looks like and how that, you know, kind of meshes with your body composition and your genetics and yeah. your lifestyle and so many different things your surrounding chemistry. that. Yes. Yeah. It's all it's all different. It's a little different. Um this past weekend we went grocery shopping on late on Saturday evening and I, we were at Trader Joe's and so many of their vegetables was, were like wiped out. Like they had no broccoli. I'd like go and ask the produce lady. I'm like, Hey, do you guys have more broccoli? She's like, no, we totally overbought for the beginning of the year because we knew with all new year's resolutions and whatever. She's like, we always sell out more. She's like, but we still underbought. And I was like, you're kidding. Like you're out of broccoli. And it's like, it was like 5 PM. I'm like, it's not even like the closing yeah how how are we out of vegetables they were like out of so many vegetables and she's like it's just because it's the beginning of the year so that well this is kind of interesting excuse me is there an apocalypse they didn't know about (laughs) what's going on here (laughs) no it's just new year's resolutions it's just new year's resolutions everyone's buying the broccoli we had to go to another store to find Hmm. some of the vegetables that we needed so that was so everyone's hitting it hard with resolutions (laughs) i remember um going to the gym in january is always kind of nuts like yeah. I remember before I kind of started going to workout classes and I would just go to the gym like I'd walk in at 6 a.m and all the treadmills were full and I was thinking oh I always have my pick of the treadmills at 6 a.m <laughs> not today what's going on here why is why is everyone here and it's because it's those, it's those new goals it's that new way of seeing yourself <laughs> it's this new year's resolution and you've got this new resolve and here you are you're gonna hit it hard and those are all great things. Yeah. But. And of course, as everyone knows, like how long does that last, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's Middle kind of, of February. Like the, right? I get all, I get whatever treadmill I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how to have a more confident relationship with, with food and your body. So last week we talked a lot about our beliefs about ourselves and sort of that self-talk. And this is going to be really applicable still going forward as we think about food Um, because how you think about yourself or the relationship you have with yourself is going to be reflective I believe and your relationship with 
and well, with all relationships, frankly, but with your relationship with food for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were talking earlier a little bit about sort of how to even examine those things and what, because they're, they're not obvious. They're, they're sort of these underlying drivers in our life. It's Um, kind of like the inner dialogue we spoke about last week Yeah, where you might not be totally, um, aware of it. And so you kind of have to strip away the layers to figure out exactly what that is. Yeah. Like, what do I believe actually? Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes we might be like, oh, I don't believe that. But then there's a part of you that like is like, mm, actually kind of do. And it's important to figure out what those beliefs are to decide like, if you really want to keep them, but also to break them down in case you don't want to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, a lot of times we just think that we should, uh, we should want something different or we should want whatever, but maybe there's a part of you that really doesn't like, maybe you're actually okay with how your life is. And maybe you, maybe, maybe you're just fine with that. And so being able to be like, no, actually I'm going to just quiet those voices that are telling me that I should be doing something different. And I'm just going to be like, Oh no, I'm actually choosing this. Or on the other hand, if you really do want to make a shift and there's a part of you that just thinks like, that's not really who I am then you're going to default back to who you think you actually are, right? Yes, yes. Um, because kind of what you spoke about last week, who you think, if you, who you think you are and the actions that you are taking don't add up, you're going to revert back to one of those things. One of those will become, has to shift, something right? will shift and one of those will be your default. Yeah. And so if, if who you think you are is not someone who, you know, exercises, for example, like with that New Year's resolution, and you're trying really hard to exercise, but that's still where your mind yeah. is, you're going to shift right on back to that. And then, like you said, middle of February, you're no longer right. on the exercise train. Yeah. Be- your brain likes the predictability and likes to be right. And so if you believe, like, I'm just not really a person that exercises, then you're going to be eventually be like, yeah, see, I'm just really not that person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if you actually want to shift that and be like, no, I really am like in the context of food, like, no, I really am somebody who can eat nourishing foods and doesn't have the drama because I know there can be so much drama around food inside of our head in terms of like, oh, is this going to, I put on, it's so easy to gain weight or it's, um, you know, is, is this, is this healthy for me or is this not healthy for me? Or I don't know, just kind of the stress of like, what should I be eating? What shouldn't I be eating? If that's sort of your default and you don't like it, then it's starting to open your mind to the possibility of like, okay, what would it look like to be someone who didn't stress out about that? Yes. Like, is that possible? Is there someone in the world that doesn't have that same experience and what does that look like? Right. Well, I think it's, I kind of call it the potential of probably like I'm thinking in my head, if I had a good relationship with food, I would probably not worry about it. If I was someone who was, had a healthy, again, relationship with food or thought about food in a healthy manner, I would probably nourish my body with this. I would maybe eat these vegetables or I would maybe have this fruit right now, or perhaps I would eat this candy bar and feel not guilty about it or whatever. It's like, I put yourself in that spot and think I would probably do this and then allow yourself to do that thing. Well, and you went through this, right? I did. Yes. Thinking about our, our podcast, actually, um, I went through that in my head. I thought, well, if I was a healthy person, 
I would probably drink a little more water. Well, you used to not even eat a lot of vegetables, right? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, Growing up, I mean, my exposure to vegetables was slim. You know, my... We, I grew up in like the canned vegetable, frozen vegetable era of life <laughs> in Idaho. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of potatoes. I guess that's vegetable. A lot of potatoes. Um, You're very grounded. Very, very grounded <laughs> in potatoes. Um, but I just, vegetables were not, not a part of who I was, not a part of any part of my identity in my head did not include a vegetable. In fact, the only people I knew that really consumed a high amount of vegetables were like, crazy involved in vegetables like you know chugging wheat grass and all yeah. the different things like that You're like so that's not me that no I couldn't see myself doing that at all I was that's not a part of me um but then as I you know have gotten older in the past couple of years I thought well okay if I did want to eat a vegetable I would probably roast my vegetables and find some a yummy recipe to invite a friend over with and enjoy these vegetables I would probably allow myself to nourish my body and enjoy that that nourishment and not just think I was punishing myself with a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of, yeah, just kind of opening your mind to the different possibility of food. If I, you know, could enjoy vegetables, I could probably enjoy a vegetable and I could probably enjoy this cookie and not have guilt about either one. Right. Feel okay about it. Isn't that interesting? I, yeah. I can be someone who enjoys vegetables and cookies. Right. I kind of like all <laughs> right? the things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's opening your mind to that potential of probably and seeing yourself in that identity. And before long, kind of these non judgmental, probably statements that you can come up with will help you have a little bit more confidence in taking that step forward toward the identity that you want to have that aligns with your actions. Yes. Yes. So the identity aligning up with your actions, because you do have to sort of shift that identity in order for those actions to stick. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has to be something that you are enjoying or it's not going to stick. Like we don't, we don't typically stick with any behaviors that are awful yes. <laughs> that we or that we just really hate right yeah so surrounding food I mean for me vegetables was a big one and I love yeah. I love vegetables yeah um but I think it's figuring out the type of identity like for me you know enjoying that okay I'm a huge whenever people say they don't like vegetables I'm like oh well have you roasted them though with a little yeah, bit of tried? like coarse salt because that's pretty <laughs> amazing if you can get to that point yes yes so you found like this whole new world of enjoyment yeah um, eating something that's nourishing. Sure. And not thinking of it in a way of punishing myself before vegetables were kind of like a, a punishment for weight gain or, mm. you know, this kind of means to an end of this ideal body. Like it's a supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not a want. It's no. a supposed to. Sure. Yeah. But now it's more of a want, right? Yeah. Now it's like, oh, I want that. I'm craving that. I like that. Yeah. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And feels good and feels like a part of who I am. Yeah. Cause your identity has gradually kind of shifted in that direction. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now instead of, oh, I don't, I don't touch quote unquote healthy foods. I don't touch these foods. I'm not really like a vegetable eater or part of who I am. Yeah. I'm more of like a straight up sugar over here. Um, <laughs> but no, now I've kind of like shifted that identity over to where I feel much more balanced. Like, yeah, I definitely enjoy my sugary baked goods. Cause I'm all about that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But I fully enjoy 
the vegetables that yeah. I consume and the foods that really feel deeply nourishing to my body. Yeah. That's a beautiful shift. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It is. It's a yes. potential and it's a potential for um, you making the shift and the change in all areas, but especially in your, in regards to your relationship with food and who you are. For sure. I think one thing that uh, this is sort of part two now. So first examining like what are your beliefs and kind of getting some ownership over what do I believe, who do I believe I am when it comes to food? And do I like that version of me or do I want to start shifting it? And I love just your idea of like that potential of probably like maybe this is something that this type of person would do and I'm becoming that type of person and what mm -hmm. would they maybe do? And I think that that's really powerful. The next little nugget that, that we were thinking of that's so important, I think, to understand when it comes to food is so much of the of what we get fed through mainstream media and everywhere is like, eat this, don't eat that. I think there's even a book. Eat this. Something. It really is. I've yeah. seen the book, eat this, not that. that. It makes everything very black and white. And there really is such a spectrum. Like instead of thinking of like, this is healthy, this is unhealthy, um, start realizing like there's a really big range and see it all from like a much bigger, bigger spectrum because what's good for me at one time might not be at another time. Mm -hmm. And well, it's like back to when I was, the reason I got super into vegetables in the beginning was when I was pregnant with Emerson, my pregnancy craving, once I stopped, you know, puking my lights out was vegetables and meat. I became yeah. like this, like I, my plate really was vegetables and meat. I wanted nothing to do with fruit. I wanted nothing, no sugar. This is what I wanted. And that's what I craved. And for that moment and that time of my life, I just, you listen to your body because that's what it's telling you to do. And that feels right. And that feels good. And that is what I consumed. However, afterwards, that wasn't what I, my body needed anymore. It mm -hmm. wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't nourishing for me. That wasn't it. So from one day, um, um, honestly, almost to the next, it went from it being shifted. a healthy thing for me to not the most healthy thing like, for me. I want something else. Yeah. Yeah. My body wants And are else. vegetables and meat good or bad? Can I just ask you on a daily yeah. basis? Hey, Michelle, <laughs> is this meat good? Right. there. It's not such a simple yes or no answer when it comes to food. There's so many different factors in terms of even just your own body chemistry from day to day, even, or for, you know, from person to person that you, it's really not so black and white. And ultimately your body is the ultimate authority of what is good for it. And I feel like we are so disconnected from our bodies. We go outside to outside sources to tell us what we should do or whatever. And I would encourage you to start noticing, and this is something I still work on too, like what foods do I feel actually are nourishing and like give me energy and what foods don't. Cause I feel a lot of times throughout our day, we just think like, Oh, my energy just dropped. Oh, I just happened to have good energy this day. And we don't really connect the dots in terms of what behaviors we might be doing or what foods we're eating or how much water we're drinking and kind of realizing how all those things might be playing into how, how we're feeling and how well we're functioning. And so to start noticing like, Oh, when I eat this type of food, I actually feel like this or, mm -hmm. you know, or this, I feel really heavy or I feel really light or I have lots of energy or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, well, a good example of listening to your body, um, you know, you, as, as a kid, I, you have all the things you're kind of picky about, you know, like on my list of things, I didn't like onions or blue cheese or tomatoes or all these other things. Mm -hmm. I don't think I liked seafood or all yeah. sorts of things. But as I got older and your palate grows and things change, and I love all of those things. 
The only one that I could not change was tomatoes for me. Yeah. And I would try and I would think, oh, why do I, I mean, my palate has changed and I'm here, I've got this mature way of eating and I still <laughs> cannot fathom a tomato. And it wasn't until one of my pregnancies that I found out I have severe acid reflux where it has burned my vocal cords and all sorts of nasty things. And they told me that the worst thing was the acid from tomatoes. Mm. And this was like, I almost have an allergic reaction. It's like I, I vomit. I've got um, canker sores that appear like at least a dozen in my mouth oh, where wow. I can't eat for days. Like it's just this awful thing from eating tomatoes. And here I just thought, oh, I'm just so immature. Why can't I just, it's just in my head. <laughs> I just in my head and I can't eat this tomato. I'm going to do it. But no, my body for years has been telling me, hey, yeah, no, that's not going to, that, that's not doing good it's things It's just not for you. serving. No, yeah. we, should, we should probably stay away from that. Yeah. How, and tomatoes are super healthy. It's like people with allergies, you know, sometimes these right. things are really good for you. But right. for me personally, it's not a good thing. My body has been telling me for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Don't consume yeah. that. Well, and yeah, I have a friend who can't eat beans and like beans to me, I feel like those are super nourishing and I eat them all the time and most for most people those would be something nourish be considered something nourishing to eat but for my one friend she's like yeah I can't do it she has some something going on in her body that it does same thing it just doesn't work so there is a huge spectrum you can't just say this is healthy this is not but but start noticing like what what feels nourishing for you and i think keeping the label away from good or bad keeps you out of the position of guilt it yes. keeps shame away from it. Yes. If you say, you know, oh, that's a bad food you're eating. That's not, that's not good for you. That's bad. Right. You know, that comes along with, if, if that's something it that happens shame. to shame. Totally. Guilt. And that doesn't help. No. Guilt that is doesn't, fattening. That does not, <laughs> it is. That does not help shift your identity. You cannot shift anything right. when you are attached to guilt and shame. Yeah. And in fact, we giggle about, well, you know, just now we giggled about guilt being fattening, but truthfully, there are neurological things that happen in your body, chemical reactions, that when you have that stress of guilt, um, just like stress, there's all the scientific research about how that helps, that causes your body to store cortisol and all that. Like it really does have chemical reactions in your body that can be unsupportive just by your thoughts about, oh, this is a bad thing to be eating. Mm -hmm. And so you almost like prove it true to yourself, whatever you're thinking about it. And so if I have a piece of chocolate or some cake or whatever, I just know like, oh yeah, it's not as supportive for my body, but that's okay. Like once once in a while, you can eat something that's not as supportive. Just like once in a while, it's okay if you don't get as much sleep that night. Go to bed late. Like, it's not going to kill you. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it, you know it's not as supportive, but you're choosing it anyways. You're not, you're not making it making, mean something about who you are. Right. You're not making it mean anything. And, yeah, it's a much healthier um, approach. Yeah. And not labeling it good or bad and attaching yourself to the good or the bad based on the food that you consume. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the first one was examine your beliefs. And the second one was kind of seeing a, a bigger spectrum. It's not black and white. Mm -hmm. Our third one is to trust your body. Yeah. I think every good relationship has a lot of trust involved mm -hmm. and including the relationship you have with your body. And so I think really in order to See, be the biggest advocate for your body and kind of be your body's biggest cheerleader. You have to trust that it's processing things as it's supposed to, as yeah. it will give you clues and 
like for instance, like, you know, with my, with my body and those tomatoes, like it will, it yeah. will tell you, it will yeah. say like, Hey, we, we've got a problem here. You know, trusting kind of in your body knows best yeah. for itself. Interesting. It's always doing the best it can given what it has available yeah. and given its set of circumstances and knowing that just knowing that it is doing the best it can, I feel like uh, gives me a little more compassion towards my body and making it more of a partnership with me. Yeah. That that I do feel like it's this little complicated house plant that I'm taking care of and I'm in charge of it. And it, yes, it has you know, emotions and different things that, that go on inside of it. But I'm the steward of this one and only body and nobody else can take care of it like I can. And, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for it. Mm-hmm. And the be- the more I can take care of it, the more it takes care of me, whether it's fueling it with things that I know are nourishing, um, avoiding to some extent the things that are less nourishing, you know, making sure it gets the, treating it like it, like you would if you were in charge of a little child, you know, making mm-hmm. sure it gets its sleep and its rest and its sunshine and all the things that it needs. Um, and it just makes such a difference to know that you, you matter. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you being at war with this houseplant or with this child you're nurturing with your vessel, with your body is not going to help it. It's not going to help it grow. Being it's, mad at it. Yeah. Or... Being upset. I, yeah. I was thinking of during this last pregnancy, I had really, really low iron at the end. I had to have iron infusions a few times a week. And, um, when I first, when they first said, Oh, your iron's really low. And I'd been taking iron supplements for months. And one part of me felt relief because that was a explanation of why I was exhausted all the time. And on the flip side, I was kind of annoyed by my body. I kind of was like, hey, uh, you're not pulling your weight here. Yeah, what's why, going on? Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? This is, you know, something fairly small and kind of fixable. But why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you showing up for me the way I want you to? I feel this way I've noticed when I get injured by something. I get really frustrated. I felt this way a little bit when I had a hard time getting pregnant. Kept mm-hmm. on thinking like, hey, you keep failing me. Why are you failing me? And each time it was like a really emotional and a lot of anger toward my body. But the only way that I kind of was able to um, be at peace with it or overcome those feelings was to feel appreciation and nurture and love my body in place of feeling that anger and that frustration Mm -hmm. and that annoyance or whatever was coming out at that moment. Just having compassion for your body. Like you're doing the best you can. You're growing a human being right now. You're doing the best you can. You're, you know, trying to get pregnant. You're doing the best you can. You're trying to heal yourself. All the different things like your body deserves a lot, a lot of compassion. Yeah. We just take it so for granted and just assume that it should function in certain ways or that it should just you know, come along with us for all the demands that we put on it, you know, and I think a little bit of self-love, a little bit of compassion, a little bit of kind of that understanding goes a really long way. And, um, I think our relationship with our bodies is such a powerful one. And so being able to nurture it with food that is high vibe and that feels good to you, it becomes more of a you, you you start naturally gravitating to those things when you start believing that you're someone who matters and that that this is part of part of who you are as someone who takes care of their body because again the better 
we take care of our bodies, the better it can take care of us. And therefore that allows us to do all the things that we need to do in the world in a way that we want to. Because if you're exhausted physically, or if you are in pain, or if you are, you know, experiencing limitations in your body in some way, not is it just limit, limiting you, but it limits your ability to then do things in the world, right, mm-hmm. for other people. Yes. And so it really does, it matters. It totally matters. It, matters. It, it prevents you from living your life in a way that feels true to your potential. Yeah. Okay, so our three things, let's go over them one more time. We'll recap. The, um, have a more confident relationship with food in your body is examining your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, the like second about who you are yes, and your identity. Yeah. Your identity. Yeah. We talked about this all last And week. if your actions and your identity match up, that's a lot better. And you kind of make that shift. Um, the second one is seeing a bigger spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not black and white nope. when it comes to foods. There's a whole lot of beautiful range. shades of gray. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is trusting your body. Yeah. And knowing that you're kind of the expert, your body's kind of the expert on what it needs. Back to, I have one more thing to say about trusting your body. When my uh, oldest son was little, he had major, major reflux problems. And he was in so much pain all the time. And he had a hard time gaining weight. And he kind of grew out of that. And as he grew out of that, we spent a lot of time with, you know, um, a nutritionist team up at Primary Children's with our a wonderful pediatrician and kind of going over what that looked like to help him continue to grow. And, uh, he'd been doing really well and been getting weight. And then all of a sudden he kind of was he's still a pretty small kid. And I just told my pediatrician, he doesn't seem to have the biggest appetite. He, you know, doesn't eat a ton of food. I keep on trying to feed him and he only eats like a little bit of it. And he said, well, how is he acting? I said, oh, he's great. He's got a ton of energy. He is playing sports all the time. He does great cognitively he's just he's doing awesome and he said they won't children unless there's a disorder at hand children will not starve themselves they listen to their bodies Mm. and I thought that was so interesting and the light kind of went off my head and he kind of expounded upon it and he said as adults we no longer listen to our bodies Mm. and I thought that was very interesting and very very telling that we're made to listen to what our bodies have to say to us. Yeah. That just triggered a memory for me. I remember when I was going through my health coach training and kind of learning more and more about, or kind of gaining more and more awareness of my own intuition and listening to my body signals and kind of gaining that intuition. Um, and I remember having some days where I, my energy was just down and I remember thinking like, okay, Michelle, if your energy is down, what do you need? You know, Mm -hmm. like kind of pausing instead of just being like, oh, go find some caffeine and keep going, push through muscle through or sugar. I was like, okay, what do you need? And I was like, I actually feel like I could use a little rest. And then my brain would be like, Michelle, you don't have time for that. Like no time to stop and rest. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to set my timer for 15 minutes. I think I can, I can take 15 minutes and I would just curl up on my bed for 15 minutes. And the energy that I got from that, it was like I had to slow down to speed up. But I was able to then accomplish all the things that I wanted to um, and with much better energy than had I stayed up and like kind of sluggishly tried to do what I needed to do. I'm like, this mm-hmm. was way better. Yeah. I could just take a little 15-minute nap and then I was able to speed up like more than I had 
anticipated. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like my body just knew I needed to lay down for a little bit. And so trusting that, um, like your body does know. And it will, if you can pay attention and start gaining that intuition, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. If you can listen, it will tell you most of the time. Okay. So those are three things came up with. Um, we want you to have more confidence in your relationship with food and with your body. Uh, okay, for our final segment of the day, do, our do, do, do. baby bird empty nest. Uh, Michelle, we yes. were talking about kind of your mm-hmm. mothering, 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 and I wouldn't. I'm not going to call it a resolution, but kind of it's like a a goal that I have for the year of 2020. I guess you could say it's a resolution. Yeah. Um, but it's nothing concrete. I just thought that. I, my my kids are little my oldest is 10 and my youngest is one. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I feel like I don't have a ton of time left with them. Some days it feels like I have a lot of time left with them too much time. Um, but most of the time it feels like I don't have enough time left with them. And so I really want to be, um, really there when we are together and really place myself in their lives um, so that I can really relish my time with them and appreciate their little personalities and get to know them while they're there, while they're here, while I can insert myself in their soccer game or while I can say yes to their board game or while I can get on the floor and play dolls or hold you yes. like Vivian always asks me to do or, <laughs> you know, become a superhero or whatever it is. I really want to just be there and yeah. kind of push a few of my other things that will get done eventually to the side um, yeah. and make my number one priority and responsibility them. Connecting with them. Yeah. 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 So she was asking me, so what about you with your kids being out of the house? Like what would be sort of a mothering thing for you that, you know, and I actually, before she even asked that, I was like, I kind of have the same thing yeah. because my time with my children is there is like only certain moments that I'm with them or have opportunities to interact with them. And so I've actually had a very similar thought of like, when I'm interacting with my, my kids, like I want to be dialed in to them. I want to, um, also just like, just be present. Of course, it's a very different way, but I want to be able to kind of sense what's going on for them. I want to kind of tap into that mother intuition and know if they're having a hard day just by the tone in their voice or whatever. Um, and still be able to, you know, offer, just still be able to offer the love and encouragement and whatever I can to them as they, you know, go into their adult lives. Yeah. Did not expect emotion right then. Um, no, I, I, she should always expect emotion when it comes to talking about your kids. Cause I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I always expect it to come up. Yeah. So funny. We kind of thought these would be different, you know, but I'm like, nope, that's actually exactly yeah, the, the same. same. It's and exactly it's, the it's same. interesting to think that in 10 years that my goal will possibly be the same with yeah. my old, with older children. Oh, I think as always. it is yeah. with, with little guys is just really loving their little souls and being there and jumping in on that moment and being all in. Yeah. It's such a privilege. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. awesome. So anyway, okay, there you have it. Different now that seasons. now that we're all in tears over this. <laughs> 
but different seasons, seasons, baby birds, empty nests. Thank you for being here today. We definitely appreciate you listening. If you feel so inclined, please share us with your friends or with your family. Send them a text message with our latest episode or leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. And the only way that we get out there and just try to help a little bit, hopefully we've said something that could possibly help you. And if we have, um, passing that on is a great help to us. Yes. We'll be back here again next Wednesday. We'll be talking about movement. Moving See the body. Then. Okay. Bye. Hey, thanks for being here today. We appreciate you listening. Yes, I'm so glad you were here. Did you know we have an Instagram account specifically for this podcast? We sure do. Come find us on Instagram at mind.body.boss. We are continuing the conversation over there and we would love to hear from you. We'd love your insights. We'd love your questions, your ideas, your thoughts. Come and meet us over on Instagram. We'll see you there.